When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a very talented filmmaker and his latest is a terrific documentary series, uh, Pepsi Where's My Jet? And it came out last night, I believe, on a Netflix. And uh, how great is Netflix? I, I Like a film like this, would have been so hard to place years ago, but it's just, it's terrific. Anything Andrew Renzi does, I could watch, and uh, and anything he's involved with is uh, has got gold written all over it. This is the story of, of Pepsi stuff. That was the biggest campaign uh, that Pepsi ever put out, and uh, about a college student. I'm going to let him tell the story, but it, it's just, it's a great subject for a uh, for a film and a, and a series, and let, let me let Andrew Renzi tell it. Andrew, thrilled to have you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, how long in the making was this? When did the idea hit you that this would make a great uh, a great documentary, make a great series? Oh, this was it's been about two and a half years now since I heard about this story. And uh, you know, when I heard that there was this, you know, I grew up in the '90s, and I heard about this 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 story from you know the golden age of advertising, was they called it, you have Coke versus Pepsi, and Coke is always the leader. And, Pepsi's always trying to nip at their heels, and they're, they're coming out with these ad campaigns that are just incredible, where they have Michael Jackson, they got Madonna, and in the middle of this, this campaign, they, they put together a, a, a campaign called Pepsi Stuff, where you could buy a case of Pepsi, and you could get some sunglasses or a leather jacket, and then at the end of this commercial, they have this kid that lands a Harrier fighter jet, which if you remember from like True Lies, yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger's flying this jet, and they say, for 7 million points, you can have this Harrier jet. And there's no fine print, no disclaimer, no nothing. And cut to over in Seattle, this 20-year-old college student, mountain climber, you know, no money in the bank. He sees this commercial and he says to himself, I'm actually going to go get this jet. This looks like a very serious offer. They're giving me a challenge and I'm going to go get it. <laughs> That's, I, just just awesome. And So he collects he collects the points or he doesn't collect the points? Well, that's kind of the fun part is that he thinks that he needs to collect the points at first, which is basically buying about 1.4 million <clears throat> cans of Pepsi, which is just like a harebrained idea. You know, it's like there's no way that that's ever going to work out. And then one day when he realizes there's just no world where he's going to be able to like pull his money and pull enough points to do it, <laughs> he reads the fine print. He reads the fine print. He realizes you can buy these points for 10 cents a point, which means it's only a $700,000 check to get a $32 million piece of machinery. And that's when you bring in this crazy eccentric businessman named Todd Hoffman is a mountain climbing buddy who says, who says to John, you know what, I'm going to write you a cashier's check and we're going to send it to Pepsi and we're going to say we want our jet. Wow. I, I mean, just, just wow. What, I mean, what a, uh, what a concept uh, for this and, and kudos to him uh, for, uh, for just, you know, following it up and well, to have the contact his mountain climbing, uh, buddy to have the con just, uh, just wow. And uh, what's Pepsi think of your, 
of of, uh, of your take on this. Uh, have they responded uh, like, oh, what are you bringing this up for? This is nonsense. Or are they loving the publicity? You know, it's a great question. I think it's yet to be seen still where, you know, throughout the process, they weren't necessarily against that we were doing this because, you know, I really do think it represents a different time in advertising where corporations just really weren't being held to account at that time. Whereas, like, if you think in 2022, if they were, were to release this ad, you'd have a million people on Twitter pulling their points to go get, like, 40 Harrier jets. You know, I mean, this thing would be blown out of the water by everybody. And so I think it just represents a different time in that in that history. And so I think that they're, you know, they should be fine with it. Honestly, they should be, they should be giving John Leonard a jet today and fly him around to promote Pepsi if they were smart. Yeah, right. I mean, you're not kidding. I mean, this would be talked about forever. I, great, great concept. I, I love... I love your take on things, uh, and and so often uh, you'll get involved in something that just uh, that for some reason would slip through the cracks. Like this, I never would have heard of if uh, if if you didn't uh, bring this up. It's it, it just absolutely wonderful. Um, it, is are all the parties still alive and and still with us? Uh, and and you know, I'm not only talking about. Uh, John and the uh, and and the uh, and the the multimillionaire uh, friend of his, um, but what about the executives at Pepsi? Uh, was there any outreach to them? Oh yeah, they're, and they're, a lot of them are in the show. Um, you know, talking about their side of it. So it's really what's what's really wonderful about how the narrative unfolds. It's kind of a, a David and Goliath story where you kind of get both sides of the story. You get you sort of understand where the ad guys were coming from. You understand where the corporate side was coming from. You understand where John's coming from, and so, yeah, everyone was willing to participate. I mean, there's even, like, a little hidden crazy gem nugget in there where, you know, partway through the show you realize that there's a 25-year-old law student named Michael Avenatti who we all know today is the Stormy Daniels lawyer that's in jail now for extorting Nike. He actually ended up getting involved in this case, too. Wow. Just, uh, just wow. A lot of moving uh, parts there. The executives that you got, did they chuckle? When you uh, when you reached out to the first reaction, was it a chuckle? Was it a serious thing, uh, or was it uh, was it hard to get them to respond? Well, it was. I think it was a little bit of both because so there's a the guy that wrote the commercial, a guy named Michael Patty, he's this wonderful ad man from the '90s who was basically responsible for like every major Pepsi commercial that we remember. You know, all the classics, and he loved that I reached out to him because. He's been looked at for the last 25 years is the reason why this mistake happened. It's basically, people look at him and they say, like, how could you be so dumb? Like, why would you write 7 million points? So he really wanted to tell his story because he's got a pretty incredible reveal about actually what his intentions were, what the commercial was supposed to be, but how it was changed by corporate Pepsi. Amazing. The whole thing is absolutely amazing. And uh, when you... Uh uh, it, when you think about it, right nowadays, this is something that couldn't that a mistake like that couldn't have happened because of the internet, right? Somebody would just put up, hey, let's pull our points, uh, and and within a, a day, you would have some GoFundMe page that uh, uh, that that gets a, a Harrier jet. What was the value of the Harrier jet um, uh, in total? What would uh, Pepsi have, have been losing to uh, to give that uh, that jet to him? $32 million. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. you got to be kidding me. I, I mean, just, just and wonderful. You're, and you're so, you're so right. You're so right because, like, you know, I woke up this morning. A friend of mine texted me a, uh, a screen grab of Drake on his Instagram posted you know, about this show. And I'm thinking to myself, 2022, 
you know, Drake would be on Instagram basically being like, who wants the Harrier jet? Like, let's pull our, let's pull our <laughs> points. You know, 150 million people throw one Pepsi into the mix. You're going to get 50 Harrier jets. Uh, just ama- uh, Andrew, congrats on everything that you've done and everything that you're doing, especially now where, as we're talking Pepsi, where's my jet? It's almost like, dude, where's my car? I, I don't know if, if that was the intention, <laughs> but but it's kind of like that. This college student is kind of, uh, uh, no, I don't want to say near do well, but, you know, a kid just kind of messing around, didn't have, didn't have the money, didn't have whatever, and he just kind of called their bluff. Uh, amazing. Anything else that you want to fill us in on before you go, please do so. And and also make sure you give us uh, any social media site or website that you can. Uh, we can follow along with what you're doing. No, I just really appreciate you having me. And I think that there's everyone's going to really get a kick out of this. It's kind of a counter program to things like Dahmer, where you can actually sit down and you can have a great time while you're watching the show. And it's a lot of fun. And it's really celebrates a, a really exciting spirit from a young man who just decided to try to go make something happen. And, uh, you know, watch it, on, watch it on Netflix and uh, have a great holiday. All right, listen, you're the best. Uh, keep up the great work. Can't wait to uh, talk to you again about some of your other projects. Uh, Andrew Renzi, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Andrew Renzi, wonderful filmmaker, and what a great Pepsi. Where's my jet is the, uh, is the name of it, uh, Netflix documentary series, and it, it started streaming yesterday and airing. And uh, it's it's based, uh, you know, you got it. I mean, to summarize, um, Pepsi put out a, uh, a, you know, like a joke, what they thought was a joke. And that was you could buy everything from this leather jacket to these sunglasses to this Harrier jet. And uh, yeah, $32 million. That would have been $32 million. And this guy said, wow, you know, 7 million points or whatever, which came out to $700,000. He had a friend who could cut a check for that that guy wasn't taking much of a risk you think about it right i mean he's uh um you know seven hundred thousand dollars if, if they would have taken him up on it even a used harrier jet he could have got a, a fortune for what a what, what a steal but uh he's right the spirit of of follow-through is is just amazing on on the part of uh, of john what's john's last name i'm just john leonard john leonard and um he saw it as a challenge, called their bluff, and uh, again, now, many years later, Pepsi, where's my jet, is upon us. And uh, check it out. I got to check it out. And it is um, yeah, just terrific. The year was 1996, and the, and the cola wars were going crazy. You know, Coca-Cola and, and Pepsi were just uh, all over each other just doing their thing and and yeah. hey, look you'll never see this again it could never happen now with the internet i give you some indication of just how far we've come as a society but you couldn't make a mistake like that now uh drake right? as he said drake would have uh would be all over it frank mckay signing off uh we'll see you all next time on breaking it down Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He's breaking it down. 
so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a man who's had an amazing career in and out of the space program and uh, astronaut. Steve Smith is our very special guest. Uh, our focus today is zero gravity, and it's uh, it's it's got to be a very exciting. It's on the uh, on the circuit. It's on the festival circuit. Everyone must check it out. And I, we're here with Steve uh, to discuss it. Uh, Sixteen million space miles uh, uh, for this man, and uh, seven spacewalks, and so much. Just an amazing career. Absolutely thrilled to have him, astronaut Steve Smith. How are you? Very good. Thanks for hosting me. And you're right. The timing is so great for this movie, Zero Gravity. Yeah, I, I, I'm very excited about it. I'm also excited that it's it's based around following middle schoolers. And let me ask you this: with regards to the robotics programs that are that are going on, and the different type of programs that have been going on through the the middle schools, and earlier than that, and and later. Uh, is it too early to tell if it's increasing the interest in uh, in in the space program among young people? No, I don't think it's too early. I think we can already see that in some of the the um, applications that are coming into colleges, for example, and things that people are studying. So I think the rise in STEM subjects, uh, science, technology, and engineering, and math, is uh, definitely on the rise. And I'll tell you, when you when you work with these kids and when your uh, listeners watch this movie zero gravity it's stunning absolutely stunning that when you teach someone who's as young as oh 10 or 12 years of age something you think that well this might be above them and it's not and they they learn it really quickly it's stunning we always underestimate what youth can do yeah amazing I, my my next question is is roughly uh, about your youth uh, as your as you're watching all of these wonderful things unfold growing up, and I, I got to believe you were one of the young men just dreaming of doing this, uh, how different is the anticipation of what you expected space to be like and, and what the actuality was? Yes, I grew up in a place where, you know, outdoor exploration was common here in California, was watching Jacques Cousteau explore the oceans and the astronauts explore outer space. So I was really inspired by them and dreamed really early of becoming an astronaut, uh, finally becoming one around age 30. So it took a long time to get there. But, you know, I had heard so much about what zero gravity was like and what um, the view of Earth was like that I thought I was prepared. But there's really nothing like actually experiencing it. Um, And so I was even more in awe than I thought I would be. And this magic of zero gravity was even more powerful than I thought it would be. But a really good place to start, of course, is to watch, you know, the movies. The, the, the views in this zero-gravity film of Earth, for example, are stunning. And, and then the quality of, of um, video and reproduction these days just really, really makes it come home, though. So I really um, think it's, it's different now because the assets available to viewers are, are much bigger now. Well, again, I remind everyone, Zero Gravity is the name of the film. It's a documentary. Check it out on the circuit. It is getting just rave reviews. Anybody who's had a little snippet of it and a viewing of it has uh, just been uh, raving uh, about it. Uh, Astronaut Steve Smith is our very special guest, and you can see him there. The 
the Hubble, and this is an old question, but the Hubble uh, telescope, I, I can't imagine that we look at that as anything but a raving success with, uh, with what it provided. And, I, of course, I'm sure we've learned lessons from it, but uh, I, I have to believe the Hubble telescope, in retrospect, is historically a big, big success. Absolutely. Um, it, it's really a magical machine even to, to work with. I, I remember the first time I grabbed it on my first spacewalk out there, I, I really felt honored <laughs> because it really is a time machine. The pictures that it returns are of things that happened a long time ago. In fact, some of the pictures are of things that happened 12 billion years ago, so which is just kind of mind-blowing. And what it showed us, of course, is that the universe is gigantic. You know, if you consider our galaxy, the Milky Way, which has 200 billion stars in it, kind of like a neighborhood, uh, Hubble's told us that there's hundreds of billions of neighborhoods. And so the, the uh, possibility of life being out there, for me, is almost certain now that we know that. Again, Zero Gravity is our subject, and it's a wonderful documentary. And you can see it on the, on the circuit, and then you'll be able to see it all, all over the place. Uh, and let me... Uh, this is almost a rhetorical question where I imagine astronaut would say, yo, we're not spending enough time. But are we spending enough time as a, a country uh, thinking and planning about uh, space exploration and, uh, and everything else out there? Do you think we're, we're giving it enough uh, funding and enough time uh, or, do, or are there things we should be doing? Oh, thank you. It's a, a great question to ask me. Uh, you know, I think more is always better in this case. We have all these different requirements for our uh, national budget. Um, I think we, we could go faster if we had more money. And, um, you know, there's so much to be learned from outer space. We really uh, want to stress that we go into outer space to make life here better. We're not just shooting people and money and and uh, spacecraft out into space just to do it. We're actually going out there to collect information that helps our lives here on Earth better. So we would benefit from more, certainly. And absolutely uh, a must to see is Zero Gravity, the documentary. you got a couple moments left with astronaut, uh, former astronaut uh, Steve Smith. I, I know you spend a, a lot of time in the boardroom as, as much as in the, the lab, I imagine, and, uh, and you've got a lot going on. How fluid is your schedule at this point, and, and, or how solid is it having to do with the, uh, the pandemic and everything else? Uh, do you have a fluid schedule or a solid schedule for the next year or so? No, it's very fluid at this point, yes, just as with everyone, I think, during this really unusual time in history. But for me, ironically, it has brought to the forefront the need for people to talk about resilience and grit and how to overcome big challenges because of this, this uh, COVID monster that we're all um, facing. And so people have asked me to speak about that. You know, how do you think big? How do you think flexibly? Um, how do you work remotely? Because, of course, we, remark, we work remotely in space. And so for me, it's actually put a big rise on the demand for people who are interested in how we tackle big things. Steve Smith, I want to congratulate you not only on the release of uh, Zero Gravity, but uh, just an amazing career still going strong. I have ZeroGravityFilm.com uh, as a website. Is there a, uh, a website or a social media site that you can point us to where we could follow along with what you're doing? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so ZeroGravityFilm.com is for the film, and then my website's AstronautSteveSmith.com. 
And, uh, you know, it's really a really interesting time in our history of the space program. We have four civilians flying in space at this very moment. And so it's really exciting time. Great time for the film. Absolutely amazing. Congrats again. We'll be watching. Steve, thanks for being here. Yes, many thanks for, for hosting me today. NASA astronaut, former NASA uh, astronaut Steve Smith has been our very special guest, uh, someone who's uh, heavily involved with the space program and and you know, I wish I had more time with, with a lot of these folks, but uh, certainly with with a man who's been in space and has done seven spacewalks. And, you know, one of the things, you know, I didn't get to and, and you know, I'm considering his, his time. I, I wonder how much interest not only is coming from the robotics program that have really been improved over the, the country and over, all over the world, actually, but. The uh, United States has done a, a tremendous job, the educators out there and the, and the folks that are doing a lot of work on the robotics uh, situation. Dean Kamen, uh, the guy who invented the Segway, uh, started this league, and, and it, just, uh, it, it just took off. And there's a lot of, lot of kids utilizing their, uh, their skills their, and their, their interest in, in math and science and doing all kinds of things. Here. But I think just as easy, easily there's interest in the space program because of what might be out there. And again, not to get into, you know, I'm not going to ask, hey, did you ever see a, an alien? I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure we've, we would hear that right away. But I, I would like to ask him uh, with more time, did you see anything out there that was, uh, that was unusual? Anything surprised you once you got up there? And uh, again, you know, I'm talking, you know, lights or, or, you know, different kind of formations that maybe we can't see with the Hubble or, or whatever. But it's, uh, it's interesting to talk to a man who's, who's been in, in on seven space, I mean, seven spacewalks. Uh, just uh, absolutely amazing. Steve Smith, his focus today is Zero Gravity, the documentary that is upon us. Everyone, uh, everyone must check it out and check him out. He's done great work and, and really uh, just congratulations to him on a wonderful career. Again, 16 million miles in space, 16 million miles in space, seven spacewalks. Uh, I think the total amount of time, somebody slipped me a note here, 49 hours and 25 minutes in space. And if you think of, you know, how short the spacewalks are, I mean, they're quick, you know, they're uh, real quick, but. There's uh, there's a real interest in in uh, space travel and the space program, and guys like Steve Smith are just terrific getting it out there. Zero Gravity is the name of the documentary. Check it out. Frank McKay signing off, and we'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, uh, one of the most frightening things you could ever imagine happening. And uh, this is uh, when you talk about true crime and you talk about true life situations, uh, this uh, this is one of those things that have to top the list for so many people. And we encourage everyone to watch uh, this Monday coming up, Frogging. Hider in My House, it's a Lifetime original series, and the woman featured in, in this episode, first premiere episode, is Brittany Campbell, and I could only imagine 
uh, imagine the uh, the feelings she had. Absolutely thrilled to have you, Brittany. How are you? I'm doing much better than I was a couple years ago. I'm doing great this morning. Well, if you can, you know, we don't want to spoil, but I, I mean, we kind of have a have a gist of what's going on. Uh, give us a give us a little overview of what we are going to see on Monday, and what happened to you. So, with my experience, um, my story goes beyond kind of the, the typical frogging experience. Um, but in my situation, uh, we were just, you know, I thought I was going crazy. I would notice little things here and there. Um, we had a, a little dog that we kept in a, a you know, crate downstairs at night. And he would start barking in the middle of the night. He only barks when he sees people. Um, I'd go downstairs. Sliding glass door would be left open. The you know, front door would be unlocked. The garage door would be open. Just little things like that. I was starting to, you know, my husband and I, I, I was starting to get a little upset with him. I'm like, hey, you're not locking the door at night. Like, you know, we need to we need to make sure that the doors are locked and everything. Um, he'd swear to me that he did. Um, so, uh, you know, fast forward, uh, we noticed things would go missing. There was like a, we were going to the movies one night. There was this blanket that I was looking for that I wanted to take. And, you know, I was asking the boys, our, our two sons, they were 10 and 13 at the time. I was asking them if they knew where it was. My husband, you know, swore he didn't know where it was. You know, we finally just leave, come home from the movies, and there's the blanket in question is folded up all nicely, just sitting right on the couch where it was not when we left. Um, wow. And then we ended up go yeah. And then so in our case, we ended up going out of town for a week and coming home and finding him in our house. You know, we go to open the door to go into our home, and he's holding the door shut, yelling at us to go away because it was his home. <clears throat> unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable situation. Uh, did it turn out that you knew this individual? No, um, we absolutely didn't, you know, we didn't know him. Um, there's been, like, a couple places that I thought that I might have seen him, you know, some places downtown where there was like um, somebody who was acting a little odd that was kind of following me around and kept trying to talk to me this one time. Part of me thinks that might have been him, but I mean, you know, memories are like that. You can't, they're not always accurate. Um, but I think that, uh, so my husband used to be in, um, in a band and so he could have found us through, you know, his music. He was a musician himself. Um, you know, there was a number of ways that he could have found us, but he had been watching us. For, so I noticed that um, the webcam on my laptop, the little light would turn on all the time. I thought my computer was just malfunctioning, but you know how when the webcam's on, that little red light comes on to let you know it's on. Yeah. Just in the middle of the night, the computer would just start up and that red light would come on. Um so I think that he had been watching us for a while. Um, he lived in Connecticut, came out to Hawaii for no real reason, um, other than, I mean, I guess, you know, it's Hawaii. And I, I think that him breaking into our house started right away. I, I mean, this is just a, a nightmare beyond nightmares. I mean, if 
you saw this in a uh, fictitious movie, you know, you might question uh, that it's it's over the top. This is real life, and this has uh, happened to your life. The fact that you had a 10- and 13-year-old uh, just makes it uh, that much more frightening. Uh, we have we have four kids, and I, I could just imagine having some stranger living in the house. Look, we don't like mice in our house, right? We don't like uh, we don't like a moth and something uninvited. A human being being in in the house while you're sleeping is just uh, one of the most unbelievable. While you're sleeping, while you're awake, uh, just living there. Uh, when when did you when did you discover or or did you discover how long it was going on? We have no real way of knowing exactly how long it was going on. There were just little things here and there. Like there was a note that was left on our calendar from before we left. My husband thought that I had written the note to him. So so this guy was actually, he was really kind of judgy and harsh on us. Um, He had left us a note on our calendar telling us to clean our house. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and um, I I actually ended up finding, um, after he was arrested and everything, I looked at one of our computers, um, and I thought it was weird because the computer was broken. It we you know it was one of our extra ones that we just never we didn't use. But you know it's a MacBook. We're not just going to throw away a MacBook. And a Word file pops up, um, or you know a text file pops up that had his entire manifesto. And he knew all kinds of things about us that he could have only known from listening in on our conversations. You know, it was written down. He he was actually, you know, you, you talked about having kids, and he was actually upset. He was obsessed with the boys. Um, the whole house was trashed except for the boys' room. He'd actually cleaned the boys' room and made their beds and put, like, the little, like, put stuffed animals out. He washed all their clothes and folded up their clothes nicely put them on the bed. Um, so, you know, what it seemed like from his notes is that he had been planning on getting my husband out of the way, you know, out of the picture, and he wanted to be my husband. You know, he wanted to be a part of our family oh, in my God. husband's place. That's what it sounded like from his notes. Um, he had planned on performing surgery on us, um, you know, and this was a violent individual. He ended up um, killing his cellmate in prison. That's like that's a whole other story. Like this could be a, it could be a freaking miniseries. There's so much Brittany, just the strangeness this with this situation. I, I mean, it's uh, it's almost unfair to try to jam this into temp. That's unbelievable. What's going on? Uh, real quick before we let you go, I know a lot of people are waiting to talk to you. Uh, frogging, what does what the, uh, the expression frogging mean? Well, we, I, we know what it means. How does it get the word frogging? Oh, gosh. You had to ask me a tough question. No, forget you? it. I All right, don't. We don't have enough time, um, I time for I that. I don't even remember where the... Listen, I'm going to congratulate you and your husband on, I guess, keeping your heads to to get through this, and uh, and your whole family. Uh, just God bless you guys, and uh, I just I, I I speak for the audience that uh, it's it just got to be the most frightening thing, and our hearts go out to you, and the PTSD that you must have in uh, in your lives is unbelievable. Please, let's try to get a a longer. Uh, conversation here. Do you have a social media site or a website? And we'll be talking about uh, frogging Hyder in my house when we let you go. Uh, please let us know how we could follow you. <laughs> well, that, that, that's a yeah, bad I, choice of words, but uh, how we could keep track of you. In my situation, um, so my handle on most social media on Instagram, and I actually have a YouTube which details a lot of uh, my situation. It's Honeybee Royale. 
So um, H-O-N-E-Y-B-E-E-R-O-Y-A-L-E. Or if you Google Brittany Campbell, you know, Hawaii, a lot of the time, it's just news stories about our situation that comes up. Brittany, thank you very much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Brittany Campbell, everyone. She is featured in the premiere episode of Frogging Hider in My House. Hider, H-I-D-E-R, in my house. It's on Lifetime. You can watch it streaming if you if you miss it. But wow, I, I mean, it's it, you're unfair to try to tackle this in, in in ten minutes. But just think of what she's saying. Somebody basically figured out a way to get in the house. I don't know how big the house is. I don't know, you know, where he was living, uh, what circumstances. Uh, if he ever got close, if if he was if he had a manifesto and it was talking about um, him, you know, replacing the husband, that probably means uh, you know we're very fortunate that Brittany's husband's still with us and wasn't killed by this lunatic. And you know, it's it's apparently a thing. I mean, people living in houses. I I don't know how big the house was, but you know, I've heard of these kind of things. Uh, having to do with mansions, you know, they have like, uh, you know, people squatting in different parts of of uh, like an, a house that's no longer used or or very uh, used uh, very slightly and, and they can get away with it. This I, I mean, I'm imagining a, a suburban home, but we'll we'll see how uh, how big it is. I'll, I'll look it up and, and get back to you on it. But uh, you talk about a horrifying uh, true crime situation frogging hider in my house just yeah i mean wow right wow imagine living and uh, just uh, just going through your everyday life uh, you're dressing you're uh, you're um showering you're using the the bathroom you're um you're watching tv you're relaxing the boys are, you know having friends over and you know, the husband just, uh, you know, mowing the lawn in the back end. While that whole thing is going on, some lunatic is living in your home, inside your home, and you just don't know about him. Uh, I just, it, it's insane. Frogging, Hider in My House, a Lifetime original series. It's true life. Uh, not, you know, like your typical uh, Lifetime movie. It's uh, just amazing. Brittany Campbell has been our very special guest, Frank McKay, signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more important... Matt Iceman is our very special guest, uh, Emmy Award winner, Matt Iceman, and we're talking about the return of America Ninja Warriors, and it is uh, it is upon us, and you can see it on NBC, and uh, th- yeah, this man does a lot of things very well. He's a wonderful stand-up host, and like I said, you know, hey, once you win that Emmy, it's uh, it's it's Emmy Award winning Matt Iceman. Matt, how are you? I'm doing awesome, Breaking. You're right. I actually have the Emmy next to me right now. I usually hold it, well, hold it while I drink my morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so 
special right there. I love it. I love, yeah, it's, it's nice to, uh, nice to get a little hardware every now and again. Yeah, no, but it's, it's more than a little hardware. And uh, listen, it's well-deserved. You know, you work hard. You're one of those guys, and we've spoken to you before, but you're constantly doing something. You're constantly moving. And I, I don't know if, uh, if you've always been like that or is that a habit you developed? I mean, you get that from your folks. Did you get – but uh, to I me, you look like a hard worker. My folks, but it's, I, I love working, Frank. I love working, whether it's Ninja Warrior doing stand-up comedy, whether it's being a contestant on a game show, hosting – I've hosted shows about first responders. For me, I have a blast because I love what I do. It's ridiculous. Talking about ninjas on Ninja Warrior, it's so much fun getting to watch you unbelievable people push the envelope of what uh, what humans can do and what they thought they could do and i love those i love those moments i've got to cover the olympics uh because of working with nbc and and that's incredible too i i love watching people get to do things that they will remember for the rest of their lives to have a moment um and that's what ninja warrior is all about and and i just love love being around it i love having a crowd i love to stand up i just feel lucky that I found what I think I was meant to do. Do you find that a lot of the the first time uh, contestants, uh, the the first time they do it, uh, either they underestimate it or, or well, I don't uh, imagine you could overestimate it. Uh, but do you do you have <laughs> folks coming in taking it too lightly and then they just get hammered? I will tell you this, Frank. We don't see that very much. I think at this point, um, anyone who's come has at least trained a little bit, and they've had that that hard reality that I've had when you think, I've watched this on TV, how hard can it be? And like, oh, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And if you're not training, it's going to be hard. I, I think so many of the athletes, they put in so much time to get ready for it. And what's amazing is I've learned, I have no idea how someone's going to do, even if it's a returning veteran. You just don't know. You don't know if they're going to have a misstep or they're going to have the run of their lives. But I think that's what makes it interesting is trying to find out. Because sometimes you'll see the, the athletes do go, I'm crushing it. And then all of a sudden, in a second, they go, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm getting crushed and I'm done. And it's amazing that it could end at any second. I think that's what makes the show so dramatic. Yeah, is there a, uh, you know, again, a common trait other than, say, discipline, but do you notice a common trait with the uh, the folks who, who compete uh, beyond, you know, obviously there's se- severe discipline there and there's serious uh, uh, work ethic you gotta uh, you gotta figure but is there something else is it a competitive nature is it an ambition what do you yeah, notice you know as I a common trait like, if I anything the thing the physical stuff is incredible and you mentioned the discipline that is 100 percent the case that the people who do well are the people who put in the most time if you don't put the time in you're just not you're going to struggle but to me the trait that i think is hardest to quantify but that i think all the great ninjas have is a real mental toughness because Things are going to go wrong. Your a grip's not going to work out. Something's going to happen. You're going to have a plan. That plan's going to go sideways. To have the ability to problem solve and stay calm and realize, oh, my God, a year's worth of work is on the line here. And being able to stay calm and figure out how to get through it and to be able to push through it when you feel like I'm tired, I'm done, and to go, nope, I, I find that extra gear. I think it's that mental toughness that really separates like guys like Joe Morovsky or, or Jesse Flex Lebrecht where they're gamers. They just show up big in big moments. And, and that's, I think, what really makes a ninja great. You know, let's talk about the audience 
uh, for a moment. And, and it's, you know, at first glance, you would say, oh, these are just sports fans or whatever. It's not. There's reality show uh, fans that uh, that care nothing yeah. about sports that watch this because they're they're fascinated with the uh, with the competition. Uh, but has has the audience changed over the years at all or is it basically just uh, strengthened from uh, from where the base was? I think, you know, initially uh, people thought it was kind of a guy show because I think they thought it was sports. And pretty soon after we were on NBC, we realized we, we, they, we could check the numbers. There were more women watching than men. And the other thing we saw was this, our show, Ninja Warrior, is the, sh- the most family-watched show. In other words, when families are together, this is the show they watch over anything else on TV because it's so universal where, you know, whether you like athletics or you like stories or you want just a, you know, you can watch a run that lasts three minutes or you can watch a two-hour episode or watch a marathon. I think... Um, so I think that's what's what's really kind of helped this show stick around is it's one of those things that people love gathering on the TV and watching together. Matt Iceman is the voice that you're hearing, and uh, he's a, he's an Emmy Award winning host and stand up comedian. He's uh, he's terrific, and we're talking about the return of American Ninja Warrior, and uh, just uh, absolutely. Uh, a, a must watch for people who like excitement, like competition. I, let me ask you, if you don't mind, I, I loved your work with, uh, on Evil Knievel um, and I'm a big Evil Knievel fan. Is there anything you know now about Evil Knievel that you didn't prior to, uh, to doing any work on, on, his, uh, on his legacy? Well, the really cool thing was getting to meet his kids, uh, Kelly and Robbie, and, and kind of hear the stories from them. But, you know, it was, it was, it, Travis Nostrando was recreating some of Evil's biggest jumps, including he, he did it live. And the final one was he jumped the, the fountains at Caesar's Palace. And they told a story that uh, Evil Knievel, before that jump, went in, placed a single bet on roulette, did a shot of Jack Daniels, then went out and crashed. And uh, wow. it was just unbelievable because there were times they said that one, they said uh, he did a jump in Wembley. Where he. Oh, we lost Matt for a second. Matt, are you there? Well, I was asking him about the late great Evil Knievel. He did a, a great special on it and uh, on on Evil. And um, Matt, do we have you? I think we lost, lost Matt Iceman. Uh, oh, I'm getting them. Oh, we got it. Uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, just just for a quick goodbye. We know he's busy. We know he's got a got a lot of people in front of him. And uh, Matt, do we got you? Well, if we don't get him, uh, we're talking about America, American Ninja Warrior, and it's uh, it's returned uh, season fourteen, and some of the most elite athletes in the country and uh, you know uh, obstacle course uh, it reminds me a lot of superstars if you remember that you know i'm in my 50s right but superstars was uh, on in the 70s what happened and uh matt are you there i'm here i don't know what happened yeah uh, i don't know we lost you for a quick second but don't worry i kept talking my phone I know a lot of people waiting to talk to you. Just a quick goodbye. Well, you know, I, hopefully I can get you and we can do a whole thing on Evil Knievel. That would be great. Um, congrats uh, on everything awesome. that's, that's going on. Time, 
the return of, of uh, uh, Ninja Warrior is uh, terrific. Give us a website or a social media site before you go. At Matt Eisman, M-A-T-T-I-S-E-M-A-N, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. I'm always on. Come say hello. Matt Eisman, uh, thanks a million for being here. Thank you. Matt Eisman, everyone. Uh, Emmy Award-winning Matt Eisman, a wonderful host, stand-up, and uh, again, uh, he did great work uh, on the uh, the legacy of uh, the late great Evil Knievel, and uh, you know we'll get him back. We'll do a whole thing on Evil Knievel, but he really, you know, perfect guy to host anything on on uh, on Evil, and uh, I just love the subject. Um, Frank McKay here. Again, we're talking about America, Ninja Warrior, and its um, its return, and you know a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot of folks into into sports, a lot of folks into reality TV, uh, kind of uh, have been supporting the show for 14 years, and Matt Eisman is uh, has been with us quite a bit, and uh, thrilled to have him. We lost him there for a split second, but Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.